Hey guys, you're gonna hear like a weird dub over this ending of the clip. But this episode is only just me and it's no Brie today. Well, I'm just gonna play the old recording from the last episode, really. I'm not just gonna even cut it. But this gonna be a mini because, yeah, um, me and Brina have been out about a week and a half but we couldn't leave you guys hanging any longer so i'm just gonna put out this mini and hopefully by monday or tuesday of next week we're gonna have out a full episode but i hope you guys enjoy this little mini that i put together for you hey guys welcome to thrills kills but mostly choose i'm kai and it's only gonna be me today. So yeah. Brina's dealing with some some stuff. But she will probably be back our next episode. Um, I really don't have any openings. But excuse me while I clear my throat. <laughs> Today's story is going to be about Gary Pluche. I think I'm saying it right. And what my boy did because my boy Gary Pluche did not play those games. So today's who's in our story are gonna be Gary Pluche, Jody Pluche, and Jeff Dawson. Now, Leon Gary Pluche, who just goes by Gary Pluche, was born November tenth, nineteen forty-five, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, making my boy a fellow Scorpio, which is great for this episode. <laughs> No, because I'm a Scorpio. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you don't know, I'm a Scorpio, like I just said. <laughs> and it said that one thing about Scorpios, we do not play about the people we love. Not much is to know about his prior life to the events we're about to discuss. So, we're just going to get straight into it. Now, Gary was married to his wife, June, and they planned on raising their four children in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he always wanted to support his family and their dreams. So his son, Judy, I said Judy, oh gosh, Jody Pluche was interested in sports and he made sure that he backed up his interests by putting him in as many sports as he could at that time. Now, as he was in everything, his little brother also wanted to join in the activities because, you know, you always want to follow after your big brother, duh. Now, one day, flyers were being passed out at the school for martial arts lessons, and both Jody and his little brother joined the lessons and enjoyed it at first. Now, the second lesson, the first instructor that they did have, they just took the money and dipped out, leaving them to find another instructor, which is sick and sad. Fuck you, whoever did that, because how could you do that with children? Now, this is where Jeff Doucette comes in, and we're going to talk about my boy right quick. Now, Jeff Doucette was born February 3rd, 1959 in Port Arthur, Texas. Not much is known about his personal life either, but it is said that he was molested as a child and began molesting children. Now, he had got it expunged off his record before he ended up moving to Baton Rouge, which made it easier, you know. 
to get in that program with around kids. Now, he was 24 years old when he decided to become the children's martial arts teacher, and he was very dedicated to his job, and he loved the kids. Now, he supported their dreams and never doubted them as well. One day, he asked if the brothers could join the lead fighting team so they could travel and compete with other teams. Now, he also took... Um, he also offered to take the children on movie nights and made their um it, it kind of made their mother June uncomfortable to the point where she asked her brother if he could run a background check on him which came back clear. Now, Jeff would eventually take the boys out and also drive them home. The family ended up becoming to trust Jeff and he would end up coming over for dinners and everything. He became a quick family friend only to fuck them over in the end. Now, this was the time um, he, well, the whole time he was actually getting close to the family, he had been grooming Jody and had the family under the impression that he was a good guy. And in March 1983, that would be the time that Jeff would begun, I said be gone, oh my God, begin fondling Jody on the way home from trips that would later escalate to rape. Now, you gotta be one sick motherfucker to want to touch a child because it's like, I don't know where y'all get this from. The people that like children in sexual ways, like, come on, bro. You're fucking with pure minds and that's just, just a no-no. Um, but yeah, 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 okay. So, Jeff would eventually be around the kids most of the time due to Gary and June being in more arguments than usual. They would fight so much that the two would end up splitting that summer of 1983. This only made Jeff closer to the family due to them being in a vulnerable state. Now, Gary had felt so bad for Jeff one day, he ended up crying about it, like, was dead ass and tears boiling out. Now, he decided to go pick Jeff up, let him shower, give him some clothes, and took Jeff over to, you know, his mother's house. Not Jeff's mother, but Gary's mother. And this niceness was soon turned sour as Gary thought Jeff was trying to hit on June. Like, as you know, June and Gary were going through a divorce. Well, they were separated. I wasn't, I'm not sure they were going on a divorce, but I know they were separated at this time. And... Jeff was around the children so much. Jeff made them know better by like antagonizing him and leading him to believe that it was true. So Gary was like, What the fuck? This man's messing with my wife. He already getting around my children. And it's like the family starting to like Jeff more than Gary. And this put Gary in like a deep depression, I wanna say. And he had started to suffer a very bad drinking problem. And this had impacted him, but not as much as what happened next impacted him. Now, on February 19th, 1984, Jeff told June that he wanted to take Jody out with him to help his brother pick up this carpet that he was installing in his house or whatever. Now... He told June that it would only take 15 minutes. So she agreed, like, why not let my son go out, have fun? I trust this man anyway. Now, those 15 minutes started to turn today, I say today, (laughs) in today's, because turns out Jeff actually ended up kidnapping Jody 
taking him to Anaheim, California, passing Port Arthur, where he actually decided to stop and see his mother, New Mexico, and Arizona. Now, he took him to some hotel room. Um, I wasn't able to get a location of where. And he also took him to Disney, like, the first day they got him. But just because he took him to Disneyland didn't mean he had nothing else in store that was actually horrible. He would, unfortunately, begin assaulting him. Well, not begin. He was already assaulting him while being captive. Before he was captive, but he was doing it while being captive as well. And... Jody would end up being fined, like, in February 29th after Jeff allowed him to call his mother, which was a stupid but thank you move. The traced, they traced the call and raided the whole hotel, and Jody was returned home March 1st, and Gary was very fucking furious, as he should be, because, like I said, bro, you just don't go around kidnapping children. Come on now, that's fucked up. Now, though Jeff, I was like, in the interview, he tell the news that he felt some sense of helplessness. And though Jeff was charged with aggravated kidnapping and about to face time, Gary felt as if this wasn't enough justice. Someone had hurt his baby and a motherfucker was going to pay for it. Now... He knew that Jeff was coming back to Baton Rouge for the trial, and he knew he was going to get vengeance for his son. Now, on March 16, 1984, Jeff was traveling to the airport from California back to Baton Rouge. Now, the newest crew was there to capture everything about Jeff's return. It was around 9.30 p.m. at the Baton Rouge. I say Rouge. I'm sorry, guys. At the Baton Rouge Metropolitan Airport, and Gary was also there. Now, Gary was standing by these um, pay phones, wearing a white hat, uh, a gray and white striped shirt, some shades, and like these jeans. Now, hidden on him was a thirty-eight revolver. Gary had many friends in the police department, and many thought that um, the police department may have alerted him when it was really just an employee from WBRZ-TV who told him. Now, that exact news crew was there to um, capture Jeff being escorted from the airport. Right across from the news crew was Gary, hidden by those payphones mentioned earlier, and disguised so no one would notice him. Gary played it off by talking to his friend until he seen Jeff coming. Now, as soon as Jeff was close enough, Gary had raised his gun and fired a single shot into Jeff's head, point-blank range. Now, Jeff would fall immediately onto the floor while Gary placed the phone right back on the receiver. The officer, who ended up recognizing Gary, comes up to him and holds him, screaming, Gary, why? Gary, why? Repeatedly, like all over. The video is on YouTube, which is shocking, but not surprisingly. But Jeff would go in a coma the next day and would end up succumbing to his wounds. Which means he passed away. I'm sorry if, if anyone didn't know that what that means. Now, oh shit. I'm sorry, guys. I fucked up. <laughs> I hit my foot or something. I'm sorry. But 
Gary was first charged with second degree murder, but agreed to plead uh to apply to plea bargain and was insisted I'm sorry, I just cannot read today, guys. But he agreed to plea bargains and was instead charged with no contest to manslaughter. He served seven years of a suspended sentence with a five-year probation and 300 hours of community service, all completed in 1989. Now, psychological reports who would help support Gary's case due to him learning that Jeff had already began sexually assaulting Jody months before the kidnapping him. Now, Edward P. Uzi, I think, examined Gary and determined that he wasn't sure if it was right or wrong that he killed Jeff. He was driven to a temporary psychotic state after learning that his son had been through it. Like, come on, now you would be too. I wouldn't say you would be too, but it's like maybe as a parent, I know that everyone would be furious to find out that someone who they thought was close to them has been manipulating and hurting their child. Like, that's your baby. Come on now. Now, it was also determined that Jeff took the advantage to manipulate Gary and his family during the vulnerable timing of the divorce. Now, the judge was also decided that there was no point of sending Gary to prison because it wouldn't help and it was likely that he wouldn't commit a crime again. In his last interview, he says he didn't regret killing Jeff and will do it again. Now, on October 23rd, 2014, Gary Pouchet died of a stroke in his nursing home. Jody went on learning to cope with his trauma and wrote the book, Why Gary Why, released in August 2019. Ooh. Mm. He relates it to his side of the story and the help from his parents. It's sometimes hard to cope with people comment on his page about what happened and not about how his life is now. Overall, he really just sounds over the whole victim mindset and just wants to be seen for who he is now, though he knows what his father done for him. Now, I appreciate you all for listening today. Make sure that you check out our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Tumblr. Our pages will be there. And that's all. I hope you enjoyed the mini episode. Hopefully, we'll have a full one next week. Fingers crossed. Until then, I am Kai, and this has been Thrills, Kills, but mostly Chills.